Styles, bro, come on up. I just like to stand next to you. Okay. Makes me feel small. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. So um, I'm going to be 110% honest with you. I had no intentions on sharing tonight, even though I was on fire to do it last week. But I had the most God-sent, crazy clutch moment. Like, it was literally straight God-sent. And I have to tell you real quick before I actually get my word. So um, me and Rafe over there were chatting it up, you know, just talking about how um, God's worked in our life and how I had had Jeremy pray for me before because I was just feeling low. I didn't feel like doing this at all. And so, you know, I felt like I wasn't in the mood or I wasn't worthy to speak it, and he prayed over me. And then Rave came over and hit me with what he was going through the same time I was going through it. And then, you know, Trayson came up and spoke his word. And I told him, I told Rafe that I wasn't on the high that I once was in camp. And Trayson said, you know, to keep that high, you have to speak the word of God. And I have the word of God right here on my phone. So with that being said, while I was in the back, I was spitting the most diabolical verses in my own head in that very seat. Shout out, David. Uh, anyway, let's get it cracking. So... This, this, is, this is what my thoughts were. I said, I just wanted to speak what I believe to be a calling to God that was placed on my heart. And now I don't know if people talk about it as much as I thought, but I think it just goes under the radar. So when you tend to think of like three realms of like human life or whatever, you think of physical, mental, and spiritual. Because I'm an athlete, I tend to think of physical strengths on my life. Being able to lift a lot of weight, you know, you see beefy dudes just being able to throw up thousands of pounds, and that's cool. But my question to all of you is how strong are you? So with mental, you see people nowadays just being able to mask it and hide all of their trauma for days, weeks, months, and even years of it. But we've all done it, and we've called ourselves strong for being able to hide it. But I ask all of you, how strong are you? Now, spiritual strength comes in. As an athlete, I like to see this as a connective lesson to God being our trainer and us being the students. God doesn't force us to do the workouts, but he promises that they'll be beneficial. There'll be, there have been moments in life where maybe the workout or you know, the journey didn't make sense or seemed useless, or maybe it was one of the worst things you ever experienced. But as you go on and progress in life, you begin to realize that those are just moments that you'd never trade because they made you who you are. So I ask you, how strong are you spiritually? Because with God, it's infinite. You can't, go, you can't get enough of what God has in store for you. And it's just like an infinite steroid for every spiritual meathead out there. His word holds true to your strength forever. As your mental, wait, 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 my bad. As your mental, it gets blocked and overloaded and you just can't take it anymore. And you just have a mental breakdown. As with strength, your body can only hold and take so much. We develop injuries, you know, torn muscles and health issues. But with spiritual, you can have as much as your heart desires. The gift of the Holy Spirit is your foundation and is forever strong. For God said, everyone who therefore that have heareth these words of mine and doeth them shall be liketh unto a wise man and build his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. And his word is power that is a spiritual stronghold that so then when temptation comes knocking on the door or when the storms come rushing down, your foundation of spirit is not shooketh. 
What is getting what I'm getting at is God's word is a never ending, always progressing workout. Where where there is days that may seem great, bad, or useless, but it's later on that they'll strengthen the foundation of your home, which is your heart and your spirit that is your foundation. So I indulge so I indulge in God's word and soak it in, for he has something that is in store for all of us. And all of them will make you stronger throughout life. And I had a cool little verse, James four verse seven. And so I encourage you all to look that up if you want to connect the message again. So, but that's all I really had to say tonight. Thank you. Good job, buddy. Kayla, come right on up here. Okay. Um, hi, guys. I'm really nervous right now. So, um, my name is Kayla. I'm a sophomore at Green Valley. And I tried to go the route of my full testimony, but that quickly became very long and very hard to put into words. So I'm focusing more on how God spoke to me throughout winter retreat. So I went into winter retreat kind of trying to just get away from everything and not really have to worry about anything at all. And he for sure did that. Um, <laughs> for those of you who weren't at retreat, the second night I shared a little bit of how God um, worked within me and what he showed me in just that little bit of time. I shared that I had forgiven myself for being very mentally abusive to myself to the point that it got physical. Um, throughout the weekend, God pushed me to free myself. I've been climbing the mountain of mental health for around three years now, and it got really bad throughout COVID. That weekend, I reached the peak. I got to stand at the top of the mountain, look down, and see the rocks that I climbed to get to where I am. I got to look at the sky around me and finally take a breath without a poisoning thought rush through my head. Winter retreat allowed me to be fully submerged in the Holy Spirit for the first time, and through him, I feel new. He has opened my eyes to a world without fear, a world without worry, and a world without expectations. He has shown me that I am wonderfully and beautifully made, and with him, anything is possible. He has given me a new perspective of the people around me and is working to give me a new perspective of myself. God has shown me and led me to the amazing supportive people that I get to call my emerged family, and he has given me new godly friends who won't let me go through anything alone. He has begun to show me the simple beauty in life, and in that beauty, I've started to see him. He has begun to speak to me in little ways, even if it's just a gut feeling. I am proud to say that God has grown me and changed me, and he can do the same for you. Whatever you're going through, whether it's big or small, God is there to fight the battles with you. Never forget that you're not alone in any struggle or situation. God is no, in no hurry. He is steadfast and steady. And if all you have left is God, he is enough. And then I wrote a few verses. It's actually quite more than a few. but um, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. Second Chronicles 20.15, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Isaiah 64, 8. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hand. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and be not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are God's handiworks, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. John 14, 8. If God is all you have, you have all you need. 
Proverbs 31:25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. And lastly, Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not dismay, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Give it up for Braylon. Hi, my name is Braylon. I'm a junior at Grain Valley. Um, I grew up in a predominantly Christian family. We went to church when I was little, only on Sundays and holidays, but my parents didn't want to force God into my life and baptize me as a kid. They wanted me to find, my, find him on my own, which took me a lot longer than I would have liked, but I'm glad to be here now. I, throughout my life, I went through the usual ups and downs like everyone else, so I won't bore you with all of that. Going into high school, I, I was lost. I fought so hard to get the approval of others and to be a people pleaser. My sophomore year, I was focused on more or less the same thing along with seeking population. Pop, shout out, Brody. Uh, my sophomore summer, I had gotten into a fair amount of trouble along with what those of you may know about. There was an added things into it. I could have had my junior season of football revoked. I could have, I could rarely ever leave the house, but Styles, being the loving, caring soul that he is, came to check up on me throughout the summer and throughout my punishment. My, my mom let him spend the night, even though she told me I couldn't have any friends over, but he's, his, he's her favorite. And he had told me that he was going to youth the next evening and Rafe would be picking him up. And I asked if I could tag along just for the heck of it. And that night was the night I decided that everything was going to change. It wasn't instant, obviously, but slowly and surely I began to change the way I did things. And I found God along that road. He helped me achieve things I otherwise wouldn't be able to do. I, I then decided to get baptized when I tell you my mom busted out in tears when I asked her about it. I had to miss a lot of the summer stuff due to our, our, to, with our youth group due to football and all that. But I'm thankful for those who pushed me to go to winter retreat because it truly was an eye-opener and a, and a plethora of, on a plethora of things in my life. It changed my life in ways I couldn't imagine. I don't think I've ever been so at peace with myself and those who did harm to me. During this time, I was able to forgive two people in particular whose names I will not share at the moment and clear my mind of all those malicious, malicious thoughts I had conjured up throughout the past couple weeks. Chains break and bondage healed. Let every movement you make be in alignment with his will. Move on the path he has created for you. To end it off, I would like to just say that anything is possible when you put it in God's hands. His power is beyond anything ever known and knowing and following him will send you farther than you could ever imagine. I would like to also shout out Cameron Kelly, Styles Blackman, Casey Harder, and Rafe Graham, whose faith have pushed me to grow my own. That's my story. Give it up for Savannah. I'm Savannah. <laughs> um, I had no intentions of doing this tonight, but I feel like I should. Um, winter retreat was really life-changing for me. Um, the past few months had been really hard, like just life built up, and I had been struggling with a lot of um, just really, really bad thoughts, just really suicidal thoughts, actions, things like that. It had gotten to a pretty rock bottom point for me, um, and I was coming here like continuously, and I was having prayer, and I knew that there was a lot of people who were praying for me, and I appreciate everyone who was praying for me, um, but I just felt like I had like this wall up even going into a retreat, I didn't want to go, I'm not going to lie. Even though I loved it last year, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, but I went, 
and I had prayer, but I still just felt like it was just like not not enough. So I asked um, Alexis for prayer. I don't know where she's at, but <laughs> there she is. Yeah, um, <laughs> I asked Alexis for prayer, and um, she really she prayed with me. And there was people I know, like Trayson was praying for me outside, and it was just. I knew that there was a lot of people in Jubilee and Case, and I just know that there was a lot of people who were already praying for me. And so in that moment, as soon as she said amen, it was just like I didn't want to, I hadn't, I didn't have like any of that burden on my heart, and I didn't, I had been carrying a lot of guilt because I knew that there was these people praying for me, and I knew that I was letting them down every single time that I did something or I had a thought or I felt that way. Um, but I just felt so like relieved and I could breathe again that's what it felt like um so if you didn't go to winter retreat I really encourage you to go next year and yeah Good job. so if you got your bible tonight we're going to start here in in psalm the book of psalms um 84 verse 2 if you don't have your bible we're going to have it up on the screen and uh so, so here, here's what we're looking at tonight, and we're going to specifically kind of, for, for this time, we're actually going to be talking about throughout this throughout the whole year because this is, this is our theme for the year, um, but we're actually going to focus on the second half of this verse tonight, and it simply says that my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And, and I find it interesting that the writer of Psalms, um, he, he says, my heart and my flesh. Or, or maybe you could word it and you could say a little bit different. You could say my spirit and my flesh or my spirit and my body. And though the Bible talks about, the Bible actually talks a lot about um, the heart and the flesh, about how who we are and about how, how we are um, in the body of Christ. And, and, and it actually talks a lot about how there's a battle that goes on in our lives and that, that rages between the heart and the flesh. So it, like for instance, and I have several verses here, um, in Romans 16 verse 19 it says this, I'm speaking in human terms because the weakness of your flesh. Galatians 5.16, it says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's always, there's a battle going on between our heart and the flesh, between our spirit and the flesh. Galatians, um, the very next verse, Galatians 5.17, says, for the desire of the flesh, catch this, is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these two are in opposition to one another. In 1 Peter 2, 11, it says this, Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. See, there's always this battle between my spirit and my flesh, what, what my uh, spirit wants and what my body wants. And there's always this battle going on. And what happens in many times in the life of a believer if you're in this room, you say, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus. What happens many times in, in the life of a believer, um, we'll have just like nights just like this. And we'll have moments just like this or moments at camp or retreat or missions trips and things just like this. And at the end of the night, I'll stand up here or a pastor or someone like me will stand up here and we'll ask something like along the lines of, hey, if you're here tonight 
And if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, just raise your hand. And, and we do that. That's typically what we do. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And, and, and we'll, we go on to say, you know, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. That's totally okay. Um, we're going to pray. And so that's typically, that's a lot of times that's what goes on. Or that's a question that, you, that you're going to hear here. And, and so here's what happens. Just like what we saw, someone will raise their hand, and that's awesome. That's super great. And someone will raise their hand, and then what we'll do together, we'll pray together as a whole group, and we'll all celebrate just like we do every single week. And like I told you last week, here's what happens. Like what we talked about, that little illustration I did with the water and like the garbage and all that stuff we were putting in there. Um, But before that, The Bible talks about when one person, even one person, except Christ, that all of heaven celebrates, that all of heaven is rejoicing. And and so here's what happens. Then you leave and we leave. You've asked Jesus into your heart. But just like we talked about last week, I had that cup with all the junk and and guys, it smelled so bad. Like it was really disgusting. It was all over my hands. And... um, and, and so what happens is our life, when we pray and ask Jesus to be in our heart and to change our hearts and to come into our hearts, our, our life on the inside may have changed, but there's constantly a battle going on still around us, right? The battle with the flesh on the outside. And none of our circum, circumstances around us have changed, right? We talked about that. Like our, our insides, our heart may have changed, but the, the people, our home life, the, our school, our, our influences, the people around us, none of that changes. The friends we have, the temptations we face. And so it was actually um, Kristen who, who prayed about this theme, and God actually gave her this idea. And so here's what was going on. One day we were at home um, talking about winter retreat, trying to plan some things for winter retreat. Some things were falling through. We were trying to make some other plans. And... Um, and, and typically, like I said earlier at retreat, I will um, tell everyone our theme for the year uh, here at Emerge. And so we're talking about retreat, and Kristen asks me, and I, I was hoping she didn't ask me this question, because, and so she said, well, what's your theme for this year? And I said, well, I got to be honest. I, I've been really praying about this, because this is a big deal. Like, this is, this is one thing that we, we base our whole year off of. Like, I've been praying about this, and I've been thinking about this, and I don't have anything. And Kristen responded, well, I do. (laughs) And so, but here's the amazing thing. Here's what I love about my wife, about Kristen, is that God speaks to her just as much as he speaks to me. And, and I've had so many times in my life where I'm lost, I'm confused, I don't have, um, I'm not clear on a decision or, or just like in this situation. And she shows up and she's like, here's what God's saying. I'm like, preach it, girl. And so, um, and so she said, well, I do. And this is what God has been speaking to me. And she was like, write this down. I'm like, okay. So like, and she's like, Psalms 84 too. And she's like, actually, all of Psalms 84 is great, but Psalms 84 too, it says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And I was like, oh, girl, man, that's good. It make you want to stomp a mud hole in the devil. Like, that's good. Like, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And I want you to know this tonight. Listen, I want you to catch this tonight. <laughs> 
whether you realize it or not, every single one of us in this room, whether you realize this or not, your heart and your flesh cry out to God. See, there's this longing for each in each and every one of us to have a relationship with God. The Bible even talks about even people, when, when you're born, you are born with this, this desire to know God. Whether you know it or not, people, even people who are atheists, agnostics, people who don't believe, they're still, the Bible says, every single person is born with a desire to know God. There's a longing in each one of us to have a relationship with God. I want to show you this real quick in Genesis. And this is, the, this is the beginning, like this is creation. This is God creating. Genesis 2 verse 7, it says this, the Lord God formed a man and form, uh, from the dust of the earth, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So here's what happened. When God, he's creating the heavens and the earth. If, you, if you've read Genesis, um, you, you've you probably read this story. Um, when he's creating the heavens and the earth, what did he do? Well, if you've read it, God simply spoke things into existence. He spoke and things, things showed up. Like with, with all of the rest of creation, God simply spoke and things came into existence. Like he's like, ah, I think I want to plant right over there. Poof, plant. And God's like, oh, let's, I'm, I'm going to create a tree. Poof, trees. He said, oh, that's good. I like that. And then he's like, you know what? Let's create an ocean. Poof, ocean. I, I, you know, this ocean, the plants, the ocean, the, all this stuff is great. Um, let's create animals. Animals, poof, are there. Oh, you know what? Animals are good. What, what about some puppies? I like puppies. Poof, puppies. I don't think he created cats, though, but I don't know. Um, and then maybe, and God was creating all this. You can read all about it in the creation story in, in Genesis. And he's creating the sun, the heavens and the earth and the waters and the sky and the, the birds that fly in the air. And, and all he did, he spoke it into existence. I want a sun and a moon that separates night and day. Poof, sun and moon separates night and day. But I want you to catch this. This is the important thing. Here's what I want you to catch. When God created human, when God created man, he formed man, and then catch this, God breathed his own breath into humanity. God is our source of life. He didn't say, I want human, poof, human. He formed human, and then he said, I breathe my life into you. God is our source of life, and he directly placed the breath of life within his creation of humans. I actually found this, and it, it just blew me away. And, and um, later on, that's, that's Old Testament. That's the very beginning. That's creation. Way years later on in the New Testament, um, in, in John 20, verse 22, and, and we're not really going to spend a lot of time here. We're going to talk about this in the future. But John 20, verse 22, and Jesus, he's uh, imparting this into his disciples. Um, so first, 
what takes place in Genesis. God breathes the breath of life into humans at creation. And then John 20, um, 21 and 22, um, Jesus, this was take place. Jesus, uh, at this point, he had already been um, crucified. He had already been beaten. He'd already been whipped. He'd already been um, hanged on the cross and he'd already been put in the grave. And at this point, he'd already been raised from the grave and he came back three days later. And here's where we're at. Before he left the earth, this is what's going on. He showed up to his followers, and this happened. John um, 20, verse 21. He said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed, hopefully had a breath mint, on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Ooh. I find it interesting, even even like several years ago at our one of our very first winter retreats, um, I'll never forget because it was the most awesome thing and he was a cute little boy at the time, but Nick Rowland um, was struggling to put into words um, what God has done in his life and he described it like this. He said, it was like a rush of wind to the heart. But that's too far. I don't want to get there tonight. We're going to talk about that soon. So here's what happens. God breathes the breath of life into us. And here's what we do. He breathes his breath, his life into us. And here's what we do as human beings. We spend the rest of our lives working, striving, desiring, wanting to be back with God. Our flesh calls out to the God who formed it. Our hearts, our souls, called out to the one who breathed into it. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Could we have our, our worship team come back up? And, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We're going to close here in just a minute. And so here's what that means. That means that all of us, every single one of us, Every part of us desires God. Our heart, hello. Our heart and our flesh desire God. Everything about us desires God. He created us. We desire to be back with us. He breathes his life, his spirit into, uh, into us. We desire to be back with him. Our heart and our flesh, everything about us desires to be with him. We have this, like, it's a desperation for God. Like, have you ever, um, anybody like to swim? Like, have you ever been, um, maybe you've been swimming. And so here's, I like, I like to go, uh, one thing I used to do, we lived um, for a, a period of time in our life in eastern Oklahoma, and there's this lake called Lake Ten Killer, And they had these bluffs that we could jump off of in this lake, and um, we, we were jumping off these bluffs and we were going higher. And like, you know how it goes, that the higher you jump, the deeper you go in the water. And uh, there was this one time where like, we were on these really high uh, bluffs, these high cliffs to jump off of. And jump down, laying in the water, you go like way down. And, and like so down so far, like it's in the middle of summer, you're sweating up here and then you're freezing when you get, you get so deep in the water, it's freezing cold. And um, 
Have you ever been underwater for such a period of time? It's it's longer than you expected, right? And like, you know, like you hit the water, you're going down, you're going down, you're going, it's getting colder, it's getting darker. Fish fly, swim by, probably not, but, but like, and then a moment like hits and you're like, I got to get back to the top. Like, and, and so you're, you're desperate to get to the surface to breathe air again. And so the greater the time that you're under the water, the more you long for that breath of air, the more that desire overwhelms you. Like you're, you're, fine, you're coming to the top and you, you begin to see light and you're just, your lungs are burning and, and all of a sudden like you get to the surface, like try to, you're kicking your legs, everything is, is as hard as possible. And like you have no other thought going on. In your, in your soul, but quenching your need for air. That, that's kind of what it means to long for God, for your heart and your flesh to cry out to God. Because here's what you'll do in life. You'll feel unfulfilled without him. You'll be, to be desperate for God, so much so that your heart and your flesh are crying out for God. So here's what's going to happen with heart and flesh. You're going to get into situations, every single one of you in this room. Maybe you stood up here and shared your testimony last week. Maybe you should have stood up here and shared it tonight. Maybe God did something great in your life recently. And, and um, you're going to get into situations and you're going to face temptations and the Holy Spirit inside of you will begin to say, nah, bro, that's not it. This isn't it. And then your flesh, like we talked about earlier, there's a battle going on. And your flesh is like, oh, it won't hurt just this one time. We could just do this. But then you begin to think, my heart is crying out to God. Now I need to put the other step into action and let my flesh, everything that I am, cry out to God with all that I am, with my body, with my soul, with my spirit, cry out to God. So you begin to live your whole life in desperation to God. Like I've even seen difficult times hit an atheist life and they're crying out to God. Like we're gonna face difficult times where your heart and your flesh will be tested and only a desperation for God. I want to read this verse to you guys. It's in Psalm 42, verse 1. And maybe some of our older people in the room will really recognize this. But it says this. It says, As the deer pants for streams of living water, so my soul pants for you, God, for the living God. Where can I go, my, my flesh, where can I go and meet with God? See, I love this verse because the writer of this verse is being so transparent and so real in this moment. And what he's saying is he's saying, God, I am so desperate for you. And it's interesting, the metaphor that he uses here, as the deer pants for the water, as the deer is desperate for water, so my soul is desperate for you, God. See, like, 
panting, it's not like pants, but like, it's like you're, you're, um, it's, it's exhausting. You're exhausted. And, and I want you to understand this, like a deer, they aren't dumb. Like they know where water is. They don't wait until they're dying of thirst to start drinking. Like the deer is panting and it's a, and it's looking for a place to be refreshed. Maybe you've never been in a really difficult season in life. Or maybe you have, and you're just desperate for God. And you're at the point where you'll just say, God, I'll do whatever it takes to feel your presence. In the same way my physical body needs water, we say, God, I can't do this without you. I'm desperate. I can't face another day without you. God, I can't, I can't play another sport without you. God, I can't face my family without you. I can't face that person without you. God, I can't, maybe some of us in here are like, I can't even face myself without you, God. I can't face the enemy without you. I can't face temptation without you, God. My heart and my flesh cry out to you, God. Maybe you've tried your own things, Maybe you've tried uh, relationships or addictions or sports or popularity, and it just leaves you empty. You try to fill your life with all of this stuff, and you're, it's just leaving you empty. Tonight, you're in this room. Maybe you're tired of running. You're, 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 you're tired of doing this all on your own. You're trying to fill your life that will temporarily, with things that will temporarily satisfy your heart and your flesh are just empty.